Yeah. I think you'd be good at it. You're Thanks. super well-spoken. Thank you. You obviously know a lot. <laughs> you have a lot of knowledge to give. I feel like it's been hard to get even, like, guest appearances on the AVP for broadcasting. Really? I haven't pushed that hard, but, like, when I have, it's been, okay, you can come on for, like, a match. And then, yeah. and like... Well, I hear all these other people like right. commentating. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> and now you're Coach Ape. We just yeah. we just hit the road. Yeah, I'm just, oh, okay. I'm just hitting we just it. Just of, so. We just flow into it. Yeah, we'll see. It's better. I, now, now you're Coach April, though. I'm Coach April. Yeah. You seem to be enjoying it. Um, I am. I never thought coaching was something I would enjoy, but yeah, I feel like I found the spot where I'm supposed to be at least now. Yeah. And, um, it's been really rewarding, challenging and rewarding. Um, coaching Julia and Betsy, it's like the perfect team to get into coaching yeah. with cause they're just so great. How did, uh, how'd you fall into that team? Um, I guess you have the, the trade off with Betsy. Mom, yeah. <laughs> mom coaching and volleyball coaching. <laughs> well, it started way before then. Before uh, it was like last summer, maybe I was in the gym and um, she was in the gym and um, we started talking and I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm around. I don't know, you know, if you ever need help out on the beach, like, let me know. And then I think it was right when she was kind of maybe getting with Julia and she <clears throat> did end up hitting me up before they went to Australia. So I came out and ran them through like a couple practices over two weeks. And they went to Australia, did really well. And after that, I just sat back and was like, okay, you know, like come, come, um, when everyone starts training January, February, I was just like, I wonder if anyone's going to ask me to coach. Like I kind of hoped maybe that they would consider me. But I didn't want to, like, force it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how ready I was mm. to do it or yeah. even how much time I was going to have. I was already grad assisting at Concordia. Um, Quite the overqualified grad assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I needed flexibility, and that allowed me flexibility. But, yeah, um, another team did contact me to coach them, but that didn't work out. And um, – so I just waited for the next, and finally Betsy and Julia reached out, and they asked me to coach them. So I was stoked. I had such a weird, or not weird, but like, I don't know, interesting experience when I when I was out and I did the broadcasting, and the and I tried coaching as well, like being in the box with Trevor and Rosie. They're like, I mean, they didn't have a coach at the time, so it's just like, of course, yeah, you can sit in there. Yeah. I'm just like, this is like so hard to translate. I mean, especially talking to a Rosie and a Trevor, but like to translate my knowledge into like something that's actually helping. I felt like I wasn't helping at all. I was like, I don't know, Rosie, like you tell me what, I don't know. You're, you're Rosie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, all three of us were just like very instinctual players. So there wasn't like much philosophies going into it, <laughs> I felt but like it's that, hard. Coaching yeah. is really hard. Coaching is hard. And I think getting that, running start with Concordia because their D2, a lot of their athletes are a little bit newer to the sport. And so seeing the coach, um, how she approached coaching and how she broke it down and simplified mm -hmm. things that gave me, I feel like a, a firm base to build on. And then I, I could like break all the skills down really small into, you know, building up technique and, um, then when I got with 
Betsy and Julia, it just, at first it was kind of like that. Like, I don't, you know, you guys, you play the way you play, especially Betsy. I was like, I don't want to get in your way. You know, like you're a great player Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, But as we went on, I start to see things and I start to understand like, I, you know, how, how her mechanics work. And, and then I start to develop an opinion of what I really think she should be doing to Mm -hmm. maximize her potential. And so then I started stepping in more and more and more and more and more. (laughs) And, um, the first tournament I went in person with them was in Huntington this Mm -hmm. past weekend. And, um, so we did kind of like a test run on Thursday. I forget who we played, but we played a team, just did a match, and uh, afterwards, or like in the middle, I asked them, I'm like, so how's my feedback? Is it too much? Is it too little? Because I just wanted to get a feel for when we're in a, in a real match. And Betsy was like, I think it's a little much for me. And so <laughs> I, I, no offense at all, you know, right. like I want her to get what she needs. So I knew to step back from from giving her so much feedback, even though like I found myself just wanting to say all these little things. <laughs> but you can't get in a player's head like that. You know, you have to let them play their game. And Julia's kind of the opposite. She wants to know every little thing that I think. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I'm realizing even though that's what she wants, it's not what's best for her. Uh-huh. And so I try to really pick and choose what I say to her also. Right. Uh, so it's been a learning experience. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's just you have to put the time in, right? And But it's got to be humbling like because when you're a player that's been the best – it's like I have all this knowledge. Like I gotta, I gotta give it right now. Like, but that's like the art of coaching is like if you can really start from the beginning and let that knowledge kind of bleed out through the art of coaching, not through just saying it. Then it'll stick, right? Like that's why they say like good players don't make good coaches a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I found that I can't teach how I would do it. I have to teach the way I think it's best for them. And I mm. feel like I have such, from all the years of indoor I played, and uh, I just have such a strong technical background, I would say, right. that uh, I feel like I have a good eye for things. And um, I don't have to teach it the way I I did it. Right. Uh, and I've watched so much volleyball. Like, I just love watching beach volleyball. And mm. so I know how other people do it, and it gives me ideas of how maybe like Betsy can play defense or Julia can block. And, um, so just trying to apply the best thing for each player. Right. And I really, I actually, <laughs> I was thinking a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I don't even remember how I played. Like I need to go back. <laughs> I need to go back and like watch some video. Cause like I've been coaching for, I don't know, a year now, about a year. But, like, I've just been watching so many other people play and, like, helping other people develop their games. Like, like I don't even remember how I did this. Right. So, which is kind of, like, a good thing for coaching because I'm not trying to, like, force anyone to right. do anything. But, uh, yeah. And I still haven't watched my gold medal match. I was going to try and do that today before I came on, but huh. didn't have enough time. You haven't watched it. We should, Ever. We should record you watching it. <laughs> I told them the Kibbins because who did they? That's a great idea. Yeah, they had somebody watch something. Theo. 
They watched a Hermosa match with Theo. Okay. And it was so funny. I was so glad they did it because then people could get a peek into how hysterical Theo is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After I saw that, because I thought that was great, I was like, hey, if you guys, you know, want to watch my gold medal match with me. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. That's a great idea. I, I used to do some match breakdowns, but with the Olympic stuff, YouTube will pull it because it's not your footage. Or I guess oh, you'd have to get the scouting footage, yeah. not the actual. Like, I think it would still get pulled if yeah, you like, show actual clips from the match. Crazy, oh, it'd be tough because that's that probably weird? NBC's big. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. watching like myself. Yeah. Like, let me watch myself. NBC. Yeah. Like, they pay a lot of money to, yeah. <laughs> to keep yeah. those rights. Whatever. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's crazy. You haven't watched that uh, match. I back. haven't watched my, any from the Olympics either. Not that mine is as good, but mine was a complete it's shit show. It's still a special experience. It was, I know. Yeah. I don't even know where to watch it. Like with the broadcast or. I don't know. I know I could watch. Well, they had could, it on. I could watch on volumetrics yeah. or something. Did you watch it at the Olympics, like for scouting purposes? My matches? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Oh. We didn't have time for that, or we did, but we didn't. We weren't worried about. I don't know. We had too much to worry <laughs> yeah. about. I think. I don't we think, always I don't watched think we our broke down our matches. We would after we'd get done with the match, we would watch our match, and then we'd watch scouting for the mm. other teams. Honestly, actually, I actually don't remember we got the trash truck coming by this happens cut to athletic greens (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and cut to commercial that was a little helpful yeah i'm always interested i'm like i'm kind of a hater on coaching like nah, i'm never gonna do that but i'm also like there's part of me that if I just allowed myself to like see if I liked it, or I have to like see if I like it after volleyball, to know if I if if it's for me or not. Is that a little bit of what? Like, did you know that you'd be into it, or are you kind of just like, let's see if it's for me kind of thing? Um, what actually changed my mind was starting school and go getting my master's mm-hmm. in coaching and uh. just learning more about how other people coach and effective ways of coaching and reading these stories about coaches and case studies. And I was always coached in a way that made me not like volleyball. Mm, okay. <laughs> and um, seeing how, you know, the possibilities of coaching and how how much you can affect a person's life and, like, build them up right. and – it was op- like I can create the opposite experience that I had right. and that really appealed to me and kind of, yeah, just learning a different way to coach than, cause when I coached in the past, like while I was playing like here and there, right. I always just coached the way I was coached and I would yell and uh, I would like demand things. That and old school mentality kind old of. Old school mentality. And it's so changed now. Um, and you know, I think there is a place, you you know, you have to set your expectations, but like communication is so big and, um, you know, cre- giving your athletes confidence is such a big deal. And um, it just appealed to me a lot more. And then I also felt like I was able to, while I was coaching, take the lessons I'm learning in school and apply them while I'm coaching. And it was just a different process than before. Yeah. And I like being a part of beach volleyball. So even when I wasn't playing, like finding another excuse to go to the beach every day and um, just having something to do 
pretty much, you know, like I stepped away from, from playing to work on this and, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, Hey, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And like when you have nothing to do, a lot of, a lot of things sound appealing. Whereas like, (laughs) you know, playing full time and training full time was so amazing and traveling everywhere. It's like, well, coaching doesn't sound very good, you know, but then you're sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. You're like, ah, maybe I should give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm. I think you guys are all getting me thinking about that nowadays. Even though I'm, I still got some years ahead of me. It's like, for some reason, it keeps crossing my mind. Like, what am I going to do after? How long do I want to do this? I always put it off. You know, like I always thought I was going to play kind of forever. Yeah. And I wish I had done a little bit more work. Just it, you know, in preparation for mm-hmm. whenever it happened that I was going to transition right. um, to retirement, uh, and so, like, if I could give you advice, all the players still playing advice, it's like lay that foundation now and give yeah. it some thought now, and it just it'll make it way easier. Do you think that when you're in that moment, maybe it kind of scares you that you're taking your focus away from the present? task at hand you know for sure that's, that's what like it was what, for me that's what yeah. scares you right you're like well if I let my brain go there then maybe it'll take something away from what I'm doing right now kind of thing yeah and for me I was just so hyper focused on what I was trying to achieve right. in beach volleyball like mm-hmm. giving any time to anything else really wasn't an option right. and like I couldn't even fathom like what I would want to do afterwards and just assumed it would take care of itself. Right. And to a certain extent, it has. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's important to be like deliberate and thoughtful with, you know, what you want to do afterwards. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I floated a couple ideas, you know, across my mind, real estate or... Uh-huh other just trying to do other things go get like a real real job somewhere and <laughs> sounds terrible it's just so daunting once you get to it yeah, you know right. like when you're not there it's like oh yeah i could do that but then you're actually considering it and it's yeah. like no and you don't want to just get to that moment where you're like i have to make a decision now i wish i had already thought about it a bit more yeah and not you don't want it to be like a default you don't want it to be like oh yeah. i don't know i don't have anything else to do okay so i'm gonna yeah. do this and doing nothing can drive you crazy, I learned. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it literally drove me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you think like, oh, I you know, can do whatever I want all day. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you're not exactly doing nothing right now. I'm not you're, doing nothing. You're growing a human? It's the hardest thing my body <laughs> has ever gone through. Wow. It yeah. Says a lot. All the training, all the playing does not compare to like how I can tell how hard my body's working right now. That's wild. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's kind of blown my mind. Like elevated heart rate kind of thing. Even sitting here right now, I want to check my heart rate because I'm like, does that measure your uh, heart rate variability too? Yeah. It's plummeted. (laughs) It has plummeted. Like in the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. My heart rate's 90 right now. And, like, I'm so used to it being in the 40s when I'm playing. Wow. Like While you're playing? Not while I'm playing, sorry. I was like, say, holy cow. My resting heart rate while I was in the peak of good shape and yeah. all that was, like, in the 40s, low 40s, actually. And now it's, like, 87. <laughs> my resting heart rate today is 72. 
It's like so high. I do anything and it, I'm warming up the girls for their match. Uh I'm like serving and I even have someone shagging for me. Like maybe I'm running to like catch a ball or something, a couple of steps and it's like up at 160. I'm like, I had to work so hard to get my heart rate up to 160 (laughs) in the gym, like for intervals and stuff when I was playing. And now it's just like doing nothing. It's so high. That's wild. And then first trimester, I was like the most tired I've ever been also. Couldn't get off the couch. I'd go to practice, come home, and just sit on the couch for the rest of the day because I was unmotivated right. and so tired. Exhausted. Yeah. But at least you had the excuse to do it. You're like, I'm... Yeah. I, mean, I had to continually reassure yourself, myself, right. like, if you're going to do it any time of your life, like, this is the time right, right, to right. let yourself do it. Yeah. And Delaney was the exact same way. Like, all of her recovery things, she's like... My resting heart rate is in the 70s, and yeah. my HRV is just way down, and she just slept. The first trimester, she just slept all day. Yeah, I have to take a nap every day still. And that's the best excuse. Because now, <laughs> now when you take a nap, it's like I'm actually doing my job as a mom, like getting the rest I need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was doing way too much in the first trimester, too. I was still coaching Concordia. I was coaching Julie and Betsy, and then I was also working with Theo and Trevor a little bit here and there, and I was just, like, running myself into the ground. Finally, I had to cut some things out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what happens, too, when you have a fully empty schedule, and then you're like, well, I need to fill it up now. Yeah. And then you just fill it up with all the things, and you're like, where'd my empty schedule go? Yeah. I want that back. <laughs> I've had to be so careful about this summer and what I've committed to. Like, I'm at the max right now. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to do something every weekend. Like I have to schedule in days at a time where I don't have anything mm. because I need to like Huntington <laughs> after <laughs> I was done. So we made it all the way to the finals, which was like awesome. Yeah. But I felt like I played a full tournament. Like I was oh, just sure. warming them up and I'm like, I don't know how I ever played a full Did tournament. Did you have the nerves too? No, I don't have any nerves when I'm coaching okay. or any stress. Okay. And that's, yeah, I just feel like I got it all out when I was playing, but I was so exhausted after Huntington. I slept for like 11 hours and I took a nap the next day <laughs> and I'm still recovering. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's yeah. So just doing anything is tough. How about being in the, um, the coach's box for uh, your first final, like as a coach, like not having to like be in that focused killer mode? How was that? Did you like miss it? Did you? Because I was sitting watching, what was it? Semi, whatever. But I, when I was getting intro and stuff, I could see Jake over there. And he looked all serious, just like <laughs> looking at us. And I was like, I wonder what he's thinking right now. <laughs> so you were actually in the box. Yeah. And I can separate it really well. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sitting there being like, I wish I was out there. Okay, yeah. But it does make you miss, like, remember it a little bit more, right. you know? Yeah. And, like, when DJ Roche is playing, like, Can't Hold Me, mm-hmm. and, like, everybody's pogoing, and right. you're, like, <laughs> running out. Like, that's so fun. But yeah. I'm so excited for Julie and Betsy that, like, when they get to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... I just want to more help them, like give them what helped me succeed in those situations mm-hmm. to them. Um, and I just try to make it fun for them and low stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
for I kind of have the same mentality I did as a player. Like we get to the finals and I'm like, we're playing great. We've played great all weekend. Like just let it ride kind of, you know, like pick a couple of things that we can do against the other team, but you guys just keep playing the way you're playing, like attack and be aggressive and confident and stuff. And so I just try to remind them of that. And then, you know, it's gravy. Once you get the finals, I always viewed it as like, you know, you can play so free and and give your all, and it's just gravy if you, if you win. Yeah. You're already in the finals, you right. know. And so, I tried to kind of do that when I was coaching and just sit back and relax a little bit mm-hmm. and like watch them and cheer for them. Right. And they they did great. They had chances, um, especially in the second set. But they're getting there, and they improved. Like I saw so much improvement in them this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was really fun and really gratifying because we've been working on stuff for so long and, um, they'd go and play and I wasn't there with them and I'd be like, Oh, you know, Julia's doing this when I was telling her for so long to do this. And, um, you know, so like kind of resorting back to the way she's always done things Mm -hmm. versus like how we were working on it. And I felt like because I was there in person, I was able to kind of, get her to, you know, remind her of like how we've been trying to do it in training. And then in warm ups, we've been able to warm it up and stuff. And I feel like it really happened this past weekend. Uh, so it's fun to good. see those breakthroughs. It's really yeah. fun to have them as players, but I think as a coach, it's also probably really fun to see a breakthrough, especially in a young player like Julia, like you helped have, have that happen. Yeah. Right. And especially like towards the end of my career, I feel like there wasn't a ton that I could get a lot better at. I, I, you know, like I couldn't reinvent the wheel at that point, Mm. you know, like I was already the type of player I was going to be like, I could have incremental improvements here or there. And with Julia, I feel like there's like big improvements we can make in different areas. Um, and so that's just, that's fun to try and get that to happen. And when you see it happen and then it transitions to points and wins, right. like it's, it's awesome. It's cool to see how much you still love beach volleyball. Oh. Because <laughs> you've been playing volleyball for how long? I mean, pretty much forever. And Since you still I was 13. Like... So what is that? 27 years? Yeah. 27 years. And you still, you still got the bug too. Yeah. It's been up and down. Once I got to beach volleyball, though, it's been loved the whole time, I feel like. Yeah. You think you like that you um, were more attracted to beach because of the whole coaching? Because you mentioned earlier that you didn't really like that old, old school coaching mentality necessarily. And on the beach, there's basically no coaches. You kind of create your coach. Or, yeah, that was a, a huge selling point for me. Yeah. The The biggest selling point for me, which goes along with that, is like you just kind of get to determine your destiny right. and it, however hard you work, mm. you know, is you, you control, like if, if you win, you go up, you yeah. know, if you lose, you go down and it's no coaches pulling the strings and saying, you get to play this tournament, you get yeah. to, you know, or, you know, you're sitting on the bench and, right. uh, my last year indoor was in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. And you're just every week, am I going to get paid? You know? Oh, yeah. And, That's so tough. Where did yeah. you play again? <laughs> I played in Ponce. 
Me too. Oh, you that did? was my last team in Porter. My last indoor team too. Okay, yeah. I played there for three years. Probably the same owner. Yeah, I forget what his name was. I got paid. <laughs> if I heard his name, oh, oh, it was at the tip of my tongue. I had it. No, all right. Anyway, um. <laughs> that's funny that we played for the same. Uh, yeah. Same club, the Leones. Yeah, Ponce Leones, and there was like I don't know. I was only um, American on the team, Mm -hmm. and all the other girls spoke Spanish. We had a Dominican, two Dominican players, and anyways, I felt like the odd person out and a whole lot of things that I didn't like about playing in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Fans were awesome and all of that, but um, just like having to please an owner like it just rubbed me so yeah. like the wrong way, you or know. Or even like, a coach who's being paid by that owner, yeah. Because right? yeah. they'll kind of like suck up to the owner or like place. I felt like they would play people. For example, who are you going to play, Casey Patterson or me, coming out of college, when Casey's screaming and like the fans love him, he's yeah. bouncing balls. Not looking at my numbers, they're pretty damn good. I'm passing half the court. <laughs> yeah. But who are you gonna play? You yeah. Know? Yeah. It was like that kind of, or the, the guy like that has political. a 45 inch vert and yeah. just bouncing balls. It was that was the thing that kind of made me love beach as well. Yeah, it's like if we didn't win though, even if I gave 100 percent or I, you know, got 35 kills right. in a game, they would be all upset. They'd like withhold the payment and like. Oh God. Make, like make you feel like you had to work harder yeah. or whatever. Um, and then Did I just you have 35 kills in a match. I don't know. That's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you had really good stats. Yeah. Um, I thought you just slid that in there. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I hate stats. I don't yeah, remember yeah. any of my stats. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, just indoor in general. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. They actually didn't pay me at the end of the year, and I had to like hire a lawyer and like get them to pay me and stuff. But yeah. I'm like, I'm just so done with that. And then, yeah, you're just you're playing for someone else. You're not playing for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so beach was beach has always been playing for yourself and your small team, you know. Yeah. And it's just so much more fulfilling. Yeah, I feel like if you're, I mean, it's it's not the same for everyone, but if you're that player who goes out of their way and like feels like they're outworking everybody you want to be on the beach yeah because that that work can like shine more right we're going to take a quick break from the show not just any break this is the Waiakea water break now Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long not just with any ordinary water this is Hawaiian volcanic water and all those bottles you saw what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic so what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches waterways and cities so not just keeping us hydrated they're helping out the environment too and try that's not the only cool thing they're doing that's right they're giving back to those in hawaii through the kokua initiative which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there another really cool thing is that they make coffee i'm a big coffee fan so i'm excited to drink this product and for every pound of coffee purchased waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program so use promo code sandcast online at waikia.com to receive 20 percent off your order you can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waiakea.com. This podcast is also brought to you by AG1. That's right. It is the 
absolute best nutritional supplement on on the planet. No question about it. Try and I, we push our immune systems to the absolute limit. Try's traveling all over the place. I have a newborn, so I'm not sleeping, and yet we're both always healthy, and that's honestly because we start our days with AG1 every single day. It's the first thing I do. I make my morning coffee. I put a scoop of AG1 right into a little mixture, throw some creatine in there as well, drink that first thing in the morning, and my immune system is off the charts. I've been healthy ever since we started using this, which is about two years that we've been sponsored by AG1. I started drinking it because I knew when I was on the road, I needed to get my veggies in. AG1 is the absolute perfect supplement for that. It is a daily habit. I drink it literally every single day. Try does too. We've got a little travel package that we bring on the road with us. It is the Number one supplement for nutrition. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. And that's exactly what we do. It has 75 high-quality ingredients that give me the key daily nutrition and support energy, focus, strength, clarity, you name it. I write with it. I podcast with it. I commentate with a lot more clarity because of it. And yes, I stay healthy on the court because of it. Now, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packets with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash sandcast. I'll say that one more time. That is drinkag1.com slash sandcast to get your deal today. So check it out. It's honestly the best supplement I've ever tried, and I've tried an awful lot. AG1 is the only way to go. This podcast is also brought to you by Wilson Volleyball, the greatest volleyball on the planet. There's no doubt about it. I know there's a a couple different manufacturers out there, but Wilson is number one. The NCAA uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. The AVP uses it because they know Wilson makes the best product. We love it here in the United States. We love it on the AVP tour, and we're seeing it infiltrate a bunch of domestic tours all over the world. You know why? Because Wilson makes the absolute best ball in the world. It's great. It's weatherproof. you got the optics, spin technology, so you can be passing jump serves as well as Tri does. I'd say I do, but I don't pass jump serves as well as Tri does. He's been winning tournaments because he's been training with Wilsons, and it's time to get your restock middle of the summer. Summer's just getting started here in the U.S., and so the beaches are going to be open. There's volleyball to be played, and it is to be played with a Wilson volleyball. So put in an order using our discount code SANDCAST-20. All right, that's Sandcast-20. That'll get you 20% off all Wilson orders. That's huge. So get your volleyballs, get your ball carts, get your ball bags, get all of your Wilson equipment today using Sandcast-20 at Wilson Volleyball. And when it can you've be been... more valuable when it's you're half the team. Yeah. And you're basically the coach. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people that come from indoor to beach have been overlooked indoors. So I was definitely overlooked on the national team. You know, like mm. I feel like I was yeah. winning in practice and doing really well. And then we'd get to tournaments and I'd never play, never get a chance. And yeah. um, so I got over that too. And I was like, I just want to go somewhere where I get to play for myself. And, you know, if I do well, it shows and I get, you know, I get benefit for right. it. Yeah. And that was on the beach. and. It didn't pay off the first year, but the second year it paid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you had some success pretty quick. 
Yeah. I did spend a whole year in the qualifier and took me six times to qualify in the AVP. But you didn't come out with like a lot of beach experience either, right? Like as a kid, you didn't really play. Yeah. It's not like me. Like I came out. I was like, I'm good at beach and no one knows. Like, watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, you came out, like, just fresh. Straight out of indoor. Yeah. Didn't know what pulling was. Didn't, right. Yeah. Couldn't jump in the sand. Broad jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just loved the culture. Yeah. And Travis has never played indoor once. Never. You haven't? Never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I played one time with the Nutsons on Christmas. Oh, there you go. That was it. It was me Did you feel like you were going to break your knees on the hardwood? I was like really careful about landing. I can't even like dunk indoors. Oh my god! I jump higher than I've ever jumped in my life and I can barely dunk indoors because it feels like my legs are going to (laughs) break. Yeah, I was... (laughs) You use different muscles to jump indoors versus the sand. Exactly. Yeah, I was super careful though. And afterwards it's like, I can't believe I played basketball Mm -hmm. every day in college. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, it's just completely different. If... If we went and played like a full court game of pickup basketball, my calves would be just like torn. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to walk for a few days, I feel like. Yeah, I just got asked to play in a grass triples tournament. It's like, nope, Oof. can't can't do it. Yeah, grass scares me too. And I I wasn't like, I felt so crappy in the first trimester. I didn't work out one time. Probably the longest time in my life I haven't mm-hmm. worked out. So like three months of not working out. And I just started getting back into the gym and oh my gosh, like <laughs> <laughs> I've never been this weak in my life, at, right. you know, yeah. and it's just so weird. Like I'm so stiff. I've always been very flexible and I realized how well I took care of my body when I was playing and like how much rehab and prehab I always yeah. did and stretching. And I guess I just thought like. Some of it was going to stay, but like you, if, if you don't do that, it was just, it's so enlightening. Like now I know for the rest of my life, like if I, I, once I get back in shape, like I just can't let off the gas it, right. ever. How did you do mentally not working out? Cause if I don't work out or sweat for a couple of days, I am a pill. Oh, like yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I can't, I've be always been people. that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe it was like the change in hormones or something. <laughs> You're working out at all times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just like so impossible. Like the thought of working out was so impossible that I just had to be okay with it. And yeah, I was more okay with it than I thought I would be. Like definitely had to hit everybody up for the Netflix shows and mm-hmm. Hulu shows and all of that. Yeah. And like read started well I had a lot of schoolwork to do so I was like mm-hmm. doing that um and I kind of got used to it I kind of got used to not working out which is a little bit scary yeah <laughs> and even going into the second trimester I was like I'll work out when I feel like it yeah. until my doctor said like you need to burn some calories <laughs> 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 so now now I feel like I'm training again because my doctor told me I need to um but yeah now I mean yeah, I got used to it, which I never thought I'd do. But now it feels good to be back in the gym, and I'm doing light stuff. But, like, today I did the lightest arms, and I was, like, straightening <laughs> my hair, and I felt like my shoulder was going to fall <laughs> off. I got a long ways to go to to get back to where I was, if I can ever do that. That's a while. I mean, you're going through the transition of, like, I think about the transition of going from athlete to just normal person, for myself, I'm like, ah, oh, that's it's intense. 
but you're like doing that while getting pregnant, which is like a yeah. whole nother triple that, you know, it's like yeah. all happening at the same time for you. It must be. Yeah. A uh, lot of things happening at the same time. Learning coaching, like careers. And, yeah. Trying to plan a wedding. Oh yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah. When's the That's wedding? so stressful. We itself. haven't, we haven't said it yet because of everything else going yeah. on. Like we got engaged <clears throat> and then this happened and then, um, he, Josh is now in the Academy for Burbank fire department. Mm-hmm. So that's just taking up all his time and like trying, thinking about planning a wedding is just like yeah off the radar. Yeah. So hopefully next summer. There yeah. I'm assuming we're going to try to get legally married soon, but, um, we'll have like the wedding later. The party. Yeah. I yeah. always liked, uh, we waited a while and I always, I felt like that was always a good call because the, the engagement part of it is like, it's a really short period of time when you yeah, think normally, you only get to and do it. It's amazing traditionally how little time people know each other before they get married. Right. Like you date for a year or a year and a half, you get engaged right. for like a year and then right. you get married and yeah. it's like. I've known most people in my life, like my whole life, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but this person that I'm supposed to commit (laughs) everything to, I've only known for two and a half years. Like that's crazy. So yeah, I think it's going, I mean, obviously trends are changing and people are spending a lot more time together before getting married, which I think is a great thing, but for sure. Yeah. The engagement part was kind of fun though. I, I found, so I was like, I enjoyed like making it a whole year, however long we waited. And I was like, we we get to throw a party, and we only get to throw one. Let's not rush yeah. it. Let's yeah, yeah. Make sure you do enjoy it right. this engagement party. Or I mean, engagement part, and then like throw it when we're ready, and like we can really enjoy it, kind of. Thing. And it's so expensive. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah, how can we do this on right. a low budget? Yeah, because it's one day. It's a party. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a big supporter of the Airbnb wedding. So yeah. me and D, we we had the fastest engagement. Oh, that Kyle I know. went to your wedding. He told yeah. me yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, we just got a big Airbnb on a at a Big Bear right on the lake. So we had the wedding venue for four days, and all my groomsmen stayed there. That's amazing. So sweet. Yeah. It's a great idea. And then because things weren't running on time, and if we had had a normal venue, like you're you're stuck. You have your time slot. Yeah. We're like, oh, we have. Yeah. The whole like, weekend. I'll just wait in the living room a little longer or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we uh, we were lucky that our engagement was as short as it was because we got married in February of 2020. Oh. And two weeks later, the world shut down. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Super lucky. <laughs> it's meant to be. Yeah. So was, <laughs> we were happy with how it went. Yeah. I heard it was lovely. It was fun. Um, but I do plan on coming back at some point. To the AVP mm. and playing. So, like, my goal after all this craziness is to get back in shape. Like, I think it'd be a good goal to help me get back in shape. Um, and I want to just play a couple of tournaments at least. And if it goes terribly, then it's still an excuse to like have a little retirement ceremony right. and say yeah, goodbye to sure. everybody. Yeah. And if it goes great, then hey, I'll keep going and, like, maybe have a second wind here. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I know people were, like, concerned that 
I just faded into the background. Yeah. And there's certain people we can't have just fade away. <laughs> we need a proper goodbye. And this, yeah, no, this past weekend at the AVP, a couple of the more notable staff came up and like re- wanted me to reassure them right, that right. they hadn't <laughs> like missed the bus yeah, yeah, and yeah. done anything. Wrong. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I haven't announced anything. And right. In my head, I'm just taking a break. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want to announce a retirement or anything because right. I don't know. I'd like to keep the door open to come come back. I could, yeah, just play in a local tournament. I think I'm going to have plenty of points still, injury and pregnancy points and stuff. So. They still they do wild cards, right? If you if, were to come if, back, if wild and cards if you exist, put you in qualifier, yeah. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> that would be something. I might be a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you were if you were to not get a ceremony, I think Sarah Pavin would host one for you. <laughs> I know. I heard that. That was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was concerned for me, and I appreciate that. But I guess you're not going to play Manhattan with Pavin this year. No. It's <laughs> off the table. Sorry, I know. Pavin. I'm like, oh, should have announced my pregnancy just a little sooner. <laughs> it was really funny talking to Pav, who's one of the best blockers of all time. She was like, I don't know if April would take my call. I know. I like, That's I, ridiculous. I think she would probably respond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely respond. Um, Did you have, was there any like FOMO this weekend? Being there and watching? No. I've like had no FOMO. That's awesome. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Now, the farther away I get from playing, the more I look at it like that's so gnarly what everybody does and mm-hmm. how hard you have to train and how focused you have to be and how it's your whole life and how many sacrifices you have to make. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm glad I did it, but I don't know if I could, like, go back and do right. or if I could do it again. Like, I don't know. Because you, you start and... You don't start that way, but like you get a little bit of a success and you want more and you try harder and Mm -hmm. you want to get to the next level. And so it just like slowly starts to add up. And by the end, it was just all consuming for me. And yeah, I I can't go back and do that for sure. Yeah. It paid off. But when I think about what it would take to play at the level, I would need to, to like be winning tournaments and stuff. I would have to do that. And so I'm kind of like, I'm glad I don't have to think about it right now. Like just going to sit back and watch. And I really enjoy like watching a bunch of teams play and seeing the younger girls up like Mm. have success and, and see how good they are, you know? And that's another reason where I'm like, glad I don't have to play these girls right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're so good. Yeah. What was it like for you winning the gold medal? Because like you said, at the end, it kind of got all-consuming. Was there um, – because I feel like it goes a bunch of different ways where a lot of – like Michael Phelps would talk about how he sort of got into a depression. He's like, well, that's that's it. That's the mountain peak, and now yeah. I'm down. But for you, it was like that was the big culminating moment. Like that was the goal that had kind of eluded you for a little bit. I didn't know if that – there's a lot of freeing peace in that. Like said, completing a journey. Yeah, and there was. I think I was 
yeah, when I, when we won, it was a lot of relief. It was more relief than celebration, but at the same time as it went on, you know, I was just very grateful and yeah, a lot of peace around my career and, and that. And, um, but as time went on, I think I got kind of confused about what I really wanted next and what I knew was playing and like going for the Olympics and quad after quad. And so I started and when, once I knew Alex was not going to continue for a while and I needed a new partner, like that's what I focused on. And then once I solidified a new partner for the quad, I was like, oh my goodness, but like, what about trying to have a family and like other stuff that matters in life? And, um, so I started to have a lot of anxiety about that. Like Mm -hmm. what, what should I do? Like I did this thing and I could keep going, but is that really what I want to do? And I just felt like I was at this like gnarly crossroads where, I had to make a really tough decision and I didn't, I didn't even know what I wanted, but I was just, I ended up, I, I tried to kind of do both, accomplish both at the same time, but I just felt like they were at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up like, um, kind of negating on that partnership and then got together with Emily Day. I thought I, we could be a little more flexible and I could play a tournament here and there but it still felt like too much. I, I, as time went on, I was like, okay, I really do want to try to have a family. Like I've got to give this a shot. Yeah. And so, and my shoulder blew up, which it does after every Olympics. So, um, I couldn't really play, but I also wanted to step away and give my body a break so that it was like more likely that we could have a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that period was just, very tumultuous for me. And then also once you step away and you know, you're like not a hundred percent in it, it's like, well, what am I, the, what am I going to do with the rest of my life Mm -hmm. that I wasn't ready for, you know, because I thought I was going to keep playing and now I have to figure out something. The thing that got me was like, not just what am I going to do? Cause I can find stuff to do, but like what is going to be meaningful for me to do like what is gonna make me feel fulfilled in life because having such a strong purpose for my entire life is such a blessing and I didn't realize like what a blessing it was and then you step out of that and it's like what is my purpose like how am I gonna um fill that void and I think that's why coaching ended up appealing to me so much because it's like I can have an impact on these younger people and help them chase their dreams. And for me, that's meaningful and something I can really have a big hand in Mm -hmm. because of, I feel like all of my experience and even at the, even more so at the college age level, which I'm not ready to go there yet, but I think eventually. Um, So yeah, that was, that was what my journey was like after the gold medal. Um, And now I feel like I'm in a, thankfully in a great spot. And like, I think that's why I can kind of sit back and just enjoy coaching and not feel FOMO at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, I've, I've found myself, especially recently, like really looking back at like my, they're not really yearbooks, but just like my memories and the Mm -hmm. photos and like, Oh, that tournament Mm -hmm. and that tournament and just wanting to remember how rad it was because it flies by in a second. Yeah. Like I played until I, until 2021 was 17 years on the, on the tour. And like, that's 17 years of traveling the world, you know, and like going to all these different places and having so much fun. And it's like hard to to remember all those things. Mm -hmm. And so going back and trying to piece together the memories has been, has been awesome. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I, I just look at the world tour as a grind and like, ugh, imagine if we could just play AVP and all that. But then after, when I'm done, I'm going to be like, damn, that was sick, like that I got to do all those things. But right now I'm just like, every time it's like a international trip, I'm not like really like grateful and excited like I was when I was a kid or how I might be when I'm retired. It's like Alice back on the on podcast it. the other day, and she's like, oh, it must be nice to skip start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, I've been there four yeah. or five times. Like, it's, it's cool, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, it's a... I wish I had done a better job at kind of like chronicling my journey every year. Mm. Like... I don't know what you At least social media exists. Yeah. No, I go back on my Instagram and that's so, that's like perfect. But like the, what are the books that you could, you're kind of a journaler though, right? Yeah, I should go back and, but I didn't, I didn't like journal, hey, this is what I did today. It's more like my inner feelings and like working through all that. Um, But yeah, there's just like so many great times in Stad, in Klagenfurt in Thailand and it all just bleeds together now. Like all the yeah. years that I did it, like it, it all seems like it happened in one year. Gabby used to, um, she started making, uh, I guess it like Apple does it where they take your photos from that year and you can like swap them in and out and they make like a yearbook for you. Oh, like make it for you, but then you can kind of edit it. Yeah. It's very like easy and they print it into a book. She did it for like four years and then just couldn't, yeah. It's just too much. It's hard to keep up. To keep up, exactly. But I, it actually is really cool because it's the highlights of that year. I actually made Jen Kessie, I think, I forget what it was for her birthday or something, but after we'd played together for six or seven years, uh-huh. I made her this awesome scrapbook of uh, like all of our journey. And right. so she has it. I didn't make one for myself. I like need to get her to photocopy that for me and right. send it to me. <laughs> one of my favorite habits that I've done is I journal like somewhat regularly. Sometimes I'll go a couple weeks without it. Sometimes it'll be like daily. But then when I'm through the journal, I print all the pictures from that time period and then tape them on the back oh. of the like corresponding day. And then when you go back through the journal, it's really fun. And that's you get to see the pictures. And that's one of my favorite things that I've done. Hmm. Yeah. I'll I go wish... back like six years ago and just look at the... I was, like, I'm stoked I'm training against Rafi and Bill today. You know, <laughs> like a picture. It's just funny to see where you were oh, mentally totally. and just like the places you go. And, and you don't realize you how much you change. Mm-hmm. Like I'll see things or read a part of my journal from 10 years ago and it's like, I can't believe I ever even thought that. Or, you know, like, right. yeah. So um, I wish I had, yeah. 
so true. kept track of that a little bit more. Every, I mean, I'm like seeing things change so much with like your generation kind of like falling out, like especially on the guy's side, the Phil's and Phil's still around, but he's just whatever. But they were like dominating and like the guys for so long that it was just like a pain in my butt. And now I'm like there and trying to hold that, carry that torch in a lot of ways. I'm like, this is, I'm, I feel older, first of all. Yeah. And then I'm also like, this is a whole different weight to carry, you know? And like the stress of a tournament. Like this yeah. week I played five matches, but I was like, I felt like seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a lot more. And now I've carried the one seed, like, I don't know, maybe like four or five times now. So I'm kind of getting used to it, but it is a whole different. It's hard. Like it's the a expectation, lot of stress, yeah. The, like you were saying earlier, the little the little pieces you add on every season. You're like, okay, I did this this season. How can I do it better? I'm going to add this. But you don't realize you're just like, there's a sacrifice for everything you add. So now your life's just getting more and more like yeah. intense yeah. every oh. year. And like, it's like, well, that's what you're trying to take on. So you have to accept it. But then it's like, every yes at is what a no point, to something else. Exactly. Like, at what point is this going to be too much? And, and then I'm like, well, April, April did it. April won a gold medal. Like, <laughs> worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's intense. And you, I think when I was getting into it, because I can remember before I made an Olympics or anything, it, you know, was just all fun, like traveling, competing. Didn't we wanted to do well, but if we didn't do well, yeah. it was just like we're the only ones who really care about it, right. and. Then you go to an Olympics and you set that bar and and you would think and my my expectation was like oh I made the Olympics after this I can just you know have fun yeah and, right you know I accomplished that goal but no it was like hey not just me like not I just don't ex- it's not just me expecting me to like mm. do it again mm-hmm. but like do better yeah other people that you just feel that expectation from the fans or the avp whoever your family not that it's negative it's just you know you're the hope you know and like well that you had like misty had just kind of retired as you won that silver and it was like here's the torch yeah kind of thing yeah and you feel an obligation Uh and and you want to do it and so you buy in a hundred percent but it just never gets easier. It only gets harder. Right. And then at one point, is is it like, all right, this is getting ridiculous, you know? Like I think I reached intense. my max. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. I reached my max right at the right time. Yeah. And because I think I, I might have mentioned it on the last podcast, but I told Angie and Alex going into Tokyo, I'm like, you guys have to make me write myself a letter that says, that that convinces myself not to go for Paris. Because huh. I was just like so. You want to remind yourself what it was like in that moment. Yeah, like how forget, stressed like, hey, I was. Oh yeah, fun. you totally forget afterwards. Right, and You're that's like, kind of like why you do it again. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you write the letter? I didn't write the letter. <laughs> and then I, you know, a couple months after Tokyo, I was like, okay, who am I going to go to Paris with? <laughs> and then obviously that crumbled. And it's weird. I we talk like you've talked a lot about how I have these self-fulfilling prophecies or whatever. Yeah. And at the beginning of my career, I looked at, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I looked at like Holly McPeak and definitely Holly, maybe Barbara Fontana 
And I think they were both playing till they were 40, 39 or 40. And I was like, I want to play. I want to play till I'm 40. Like that was just way back in the day. That's like what I kind of just set my goal to be. Mm -hmm. And then at 39 slash 40, it was in a, my brain was kind of like, okay, we need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like we need a break. And I'm like, it's what I set out to do. (laughs) And then I don't know. Like it was just time for, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just weird. I think about that a lot. I will still never forget re-listening to that podcast though. After you won gold, I was in our little hotel in Sofia, Bulgaria, and I was listening to it and I was like, Everything you said that was that you wanted to happen for over the next four years, like happened to a T. You're like, I'm picking up Alex. We're gonna have some good moments. We're gonna have some trouble. But this is the one I think I'm gonna win a gold in Tokyo with. Like you had some great moments. You won Hague. You won the Hague, and then you barbecued out a pool yeah. playing Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> you went up and down, became the best team, yeah, won a gold medal. COVID. I was like, holy yeah. shit, April. Right. <laughs> I would awesome. have never realized that unless you had like pointed that out. Yeah, but. It all goes along with The Alchemist, my favorite book. Mine too. Yeah, I'm reading um, Goggins right now, Can't Hurt Me. Okay. Yeah. Have you read that yet? I've read Can't Hurt Me. Okay. It, it, he has a new one. I haven't read that one. Uh, yeah. That looked interesting to me also. Yeah. I think Can't Hurt Me is a good place to start. I he's he's gnarly. I thought I was going to hate it. Like, did you read Relentless? Yeah, it wasn't. We've I, talked about it. Not for me. Not yeah, for I me. Have I didn't like yeah. it either. He's that like, intensity. Like, work right? harder. There's something about the the... I don't know. Yeah, it Goggins. Wasn't like authentic Goggins to me. comes out, comes off in in a similar way to me. Like, why are you always yelling at me, bro? Like, <laughs> like I feel like work harder. Don't be a little bitch. Ah. Like, well, All right, dude. Like, in, I get it. Yeah, like his uh, social stuff or when yeah. he's on video. Yeah. and that I had heard all of that, and I was that's why I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't think I'm gonna like this book. Yeah. But Josh had to read it for his academy. Yeah, and um, Betsy, Julie, and I were looking for a book to read together, mm-hmm. and we were like, well. Let's just give it a shot. So yeah. we picked it up and I actually really, really like it. Like I resonate with a lot of or relate to a lot of his men- mental breakthroughs and stuff. Like his are at level a thousand, <laughs> right, and, yeah. you right. know, but I think it's like he he has a lot of good things to say and it's like on the right track. And so gotcha. many people okay. can like, I think, benefit from the way he goes about things. Yeah, I felt like I had to kind of filter through. I have both of those books, and I finally gave Relentless a shot. The Goggins one I started reading, I was like, I don't know if I want to go down this. But now I, now I want to. I think it's all positive. Like I, When I played, I was really careful about what I put in my brain right. and like the books I read. Yeah. And I, if something didn't seem right, I just closed it right away. Yeah. Like I'm not going to read it. Um, but I think I w- would have really liked the Can't Hurt Me book when I was gotcha. playing. Gotcha. And it's just like pushing through the amount of pain that he experienced and overcoming like his past and stuff. I just, I think it's all good. Mm. I'm only seven chapters in. I haven't read the whole book, so. Yeah, it was, what was good for me is that anytime I would start to complain a little, I'm like, I'm playing beach volleyball. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. What I'm doing isn't. I'm not going through that much pain. <laughs> this right. isn't that bad. And when reading, it just put it in a good perspective. Mm. And I think that's one of the things throughout my career I really realized and had to keep a handle on was perspective. Like with all the pressure and the expectations, it's like you have to continually come back to like, I'm playing beach volleyball. 
you know, I get to travel the world mm-hmm. and if at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I win this volleyball match or not. Like I'm not going to remember it. Um, and that's what I try to like teach some of the younger girls too, because there's so much stress and anxiety out there mm-hmm. about like winning and being perfect. And I'm like, as long as you try your hardest, you know, like you're out there, you're in the sun, you're yeah. on the beach, you're having a good time. And it's just beach volleyball. Cause I think when you want something so badly, like you have to find a way to detach a little bit, mm-hmm. like keep it at arm's distance. Otherwise you're going to implode. Like your brain's going to short circuit. And it's, so. it's such a wrestling match because like winning those matches is really important. Like that's what you do for a living. You know, that's how you guys pay the bills. <laughs> you know? yeah. And when you win it, you attribute it to that sacrifice and that heart and those tough times. Right. So Which makes if, you feel like you have to do it more, right? And I don't know. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I didn't give myself a break and I won the tournament, so I'm not going to give myself a break now. And yeah. that's a slippery slope. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but even at the Olympics, I can remember because somebody like, I said it and somebody took it and put it in a quote on a photo mm-hmm. or something. And it was about how like, cause I wanted the gold medal so badly, but I was there and I was, had to continually tell myself like, you know, regardless of how this goes, like made a third Olympics. Yeah. Like I already have meddled. I've been on the podium. Like it's okay. It's not life or death. And, um, I'll be fine either way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just had to like stay in that space and not just be like, I have to have a gold medal. Right. Or else my life is over. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I kind of did that in Rio and did not work out so well. It worked out fine, but, you know, we didn't win. But you had a great comeback in the bronze match. Yeah, still one of my, not my favorite matches to play because I was so hard. It was one of the hardest matches I've ever played, if not the hardest match I've ever played. But one of the most... Um, gratifying wins for mm. sure yeah yeah seemed like it and a lot of grit needed to win a bronze medal match yeah but it was also a big learning thing because after that olympics i was like i held on way too tight like i need to right. create some space here yeah. and get a little bit more balance in my life and that's another thing like since stepping away i thought i did a good job at like creating balance in my life and now I know that I was just terrible at it. <laughs> I had zero balance in my life. <laughs> like going down and hanging out with my sister like once a month, that's not like balance. <laughs> but would you would you change anything if you could go back through? I don't think I don't think I would. Like thankfully my family and my friends are very understanding and supportive and they're still around even though I neglected them so badly for so long. <laughs> Um, but I, I'm not sure I would have done, I would have accomplished what I set out to accomplish if I had spread myself more thin. Yeah. And that's the big sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. Like now I realize even more what a sacrifice it was. And I hesitate a little bit to, you know, encourage young players to make that kind of sacrifice because you have to really understand what you're getting yourself into and like what you really want because you're playing with fire, you're playing with fire and you can have a very full fulfilling life 
having a lot of balance there and like doing all the social things and not winning a gold medal at the Olympics, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's totally fine. Your life is going to be great. And so it has, I just, yeah, you're, yeah, I'm totally playing with fire there. Like I have to leave it up to like, you can do it, but do it responsibly and consciously and try to know what you're getting. Yeah. Like have an awareness about like the trajectory that you're on and what you're giving up. Yeah. I feel like I'm in that stage of like trying to decide. I'm like, this is getting intense, like really (laughs) intense. Yeah. And that's why I keep thinking and I'm seeing, I I feel like I identify more with your generation than the generation behind me a bit. So like all you guys kind of moving on, I'm just like, well, shit, I'm only 33, but why am I thinking about retirement so much? (laughs) (laughs) Perish and die? But I mean, Which you're makes also. You want to go even deeper these two years. It's like go all in now, yeah, and then figure it out after that. But yeah. you can't. You but also you, can't backtrack. You, you can't, can't be like, yeah. I'm going to go all in now and then just play for fun after that. Yeah, you Hell think no. you can, but you no can't. Way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. There's yeah, no way I could do it. I think that's why Jake made such a. I, I'm impressed with like how clean he kind of cut off his career you know yeah. it was like well, i think he knew he needed to make that break like well he was like he got it postponed for him right he was like yeah. i have my date it's tokyo yeah. olympics 2020 and it was like well i can't bail on taylor bail on taylor and then it just got kept getting pushed and he's like well now i'm playing with freaking trial or like <laughs> and by the time i was there it just seemed like he just surrendered he's just like honestly <laughs> like like him, like after the matches and like, you know, when, when we lost finally, he just literally balls down and just like closed his eyes and fell in the net. I was like, I'm just going to leave him alone. I don't even <laughs> yeah. need a high five. Like, <laughs> yeah. This guy has been through He's it. gone through the ringer. Yeah. yeah. It's time to, time to hang it up. Yeah. I think there was zero doubt in his retiring. Like he yeah. was long overdue. I think there's a lot of like, that's, oh, yeah. If you can get that when you retire, like that's ideal. Right. You know, Where like, you, you know, know yeah. you know, you're done. But he paid for it for like a year of like yeah. pushing himself. Like I need to be Olympic caliber mentally and physically, but I know that I wanted to be retired yeah. nine months ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming at least. Yeah. No, I think he's an example also of somebody who probably like picked it up every year, you know, like he seemed right. like he got gnarlier every yeah, year. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, just kept getting he like stayed at the top of his game for so yeah. long and mm-hmm. that's testament to the sacrifices he made oh for sure um but i feel like the people going for paris it, it's such a short period of time like mm-hmm. you can commit to that yes, like so right. easily yeah. you know it's like you know it's a finite amount of time and then you do have a period where you can like reevaluate and decide yes. what you want to do right Especially after Tokyo, there wasn't that like year where you can kind of figure out yeah. like, number one, like, who do I really want to play with for right. this next? Because yep. you felt like you had to hit the ground running. And normally on a four-year quad, you have that first year to to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just focus on Paris, get there. and Yeah, it's it seems very short now. Yeah. Because like, what is it? It's like a year. A year out. Yeah. A year from now well, is like... You pretty much know that Ost- you're going or Ostrava not. will be the last event. Oh, really? If it's going to be. Same as last. Ostrava's on the same weekend every year. So same it, as, yeah, uh, it should Tokyo. be the last qualifying event next year. Yeah. So we're about a year out. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. Anyone can do, any, anyone can do for something a year. for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get Tim Grover in here. He'll tell you all about it. 
Yeah. Oh my god. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a cleaner. <laughs> it's intense. <laughs> Two books I think you'd really like though that I just finished. One was uh, The Confident Mind. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Uh-huh. Zana recommended it because um, so Zana's brother is a minor league baseball player, and his team read it. He loved it, and that's probably the most useful book I've read in the last year. Hmm. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever read any of Ryan Holiday stuff. I have, yeah. He came out relatively new one. It's called Stillness is the Key. I enjoyed that one. I feel like I might have skimmed through that one. I'll look at it again, though. But what the first one is A Confident Mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely look into that. I find the hardest thing coaching-wise, though, actually, is is teaching mentality and teaching the psychological part of the game, mm-hmm. for sure. Hmm. And I've realized since coaching how broad the spectrum is for athletes, like, mentality-wise. Because I just knew my own mentality when I was playing pretty much. Mine and Alex, and Alex's was very similar to mine. Um, and I feel like it's a good mentality to have when you're out on the court, you know? And so I like try to push that, but it's just something that like, you can't, I'm not sure you can force or teach and, or like, I don't know how to teach it effectively yet. Yeah. And I think that's like reading books is a good way to kind of like have a player, learn it that for themselves rather mm-hmm. than me trying to like yeah. force it on it's them. It's almost like the Phil Jackson where he would pick books for each of his athletes yeah. based on what he thinks they need yeah. rather than like telling them it, he gives them the book too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like learn it for yourself and internalize it and feel it working rather than someone like just telling you yeah. like have this mentality, right. you know, you can't just like turn it yeah, on. Yeah. Like when you're reading it, you're applying it. You're like, Comparing it to your life and applying yeah. it, right? <laughs> and it just doesn't, you have to like read it on your own pace and without, I don't know, there's a bunch of judgment or whatever that comes in when someone else is telling you. Yeah. yeah. Especially like a higher power, like a coach or something like, yeah. screw you, F you. <laughs> like when we're younger. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it it is a bigger part of success than I ever gave it credit for. Like mm-hmm. mentality, right. um, especially everybody says it, you know, like at the highest level, it comes down to your mind and like what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever realized how true that is until coaching mm-hmm. and like dealing with my college team and just getting to talk to people when I'm not their competition. Yeah. I, I heard... Um Weirdly, this stuck with me. Jake was doing an interview. I think it was with the, uh, what was that docuseries they made? The little volley? AVP Uncovered. AVP Uncovered. And he said, I think I won. All the matches I, or all the tournaments I won was because I wanted it more. And he just like was really saying it. Like he really believed that. I was like, it's interesting. Like, I kind of, I kind I, of I think so too. I believe that too. Because yeah. being across the net from him, I was just like, fuck this guy. He's the only guy that wants it more than like, you know, but like wanting it it. more can mean so many things. It's not like just you want to win more, but like you're also braver in a way. Like Mm. you are willing to put more on the line than the other team. Be more, be more vulnerable. Yeah. Be more emotionally invested, like risk 
more devastation yes. than your opponent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just so much that goes into a match more than like the physical part of like trying harder. Right. Exactly. And I had to get to that point where it was like, first of all, I had to be okay with losing because I couldn't win while being afraid of losing. Okay. So like letting go of that fear and not punishing myself when I lost Mm. allowed me to put it on the line more and like, make big, take bigger risks in, in high level matches without Uh fearing like the consequences. And so that's a huge thing that I feel like I've learned every part of my career was like just learning how to hit a good serve when the match is on the line, right? Like when you're a kid, it's like, Oh God, don't miss. Yeah. It's like a big loopy, keep it in. And then eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to place it. And like, and then eventually it's like, can I go for this ace? Yeah. Like what the serve I'm supposed to hit and just go for it and commit. It didn't work for me uh, when I did it two days ago. I hit it in the <laughs> net, but I committed and I'm happy yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to have that mentality. It's sometimes it's going to go your way. Sometimes it's not going to go your yeah. way and you have to be okay either way. And I think serving is a good litmus test for your mm. mentality, right? right? It's like, how much are you going to risk? How aggressive are you going to be? Yeah. Like what's going on in your mind at that moment? Yeah. Um, and there's a difference between ace her out and just being, I don't care, ace her out, you know? Yeah. And like hitting your best serve. Yeah. Being moment. really deliberate. What are you trying to do? Like, yeah. where are you trying to hit it? Like, what are you thinking in that moment? Yeah. But I think that's another part where mentality is so hard to teach because like you learn these things across your career and it's all right. based on experience. And it's like, for me, like 23 years of experience trying to teach it to somebody with, three years of experience, yeah. you know, and it's something that they just, you can help, I think, facilitate them learning it faster, but yeah. it's still just experiences. It's the like best you get to teacher. plant a seed, but yeah. you don't get to like have them have fully the understand flower. it. Or, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. What about like, um, like going through your career to the point where you became the bar basically for the sport. Like, I remember I talked to Misty years ago, uh, I just like got coffee with her when I was younger, just asking her questions. And the the one thing that stuck with me was um, she's like, it's lonely at the top. And I think she was talking about like when she worked out, it wasn't ever, she couldn't compare herself to the other girls on tour and stuff because she was, she was the bar, right? And like I've saw you in the gym for years and it just seemed like you're just fully in your own zone. It didn't really matter what other people are doing. Whereas people lower can always compare themselves to the people above them. But you were like the bar for a long time. Like how that was, I mean, that's a mentality in itself, right? Yeah. I think my mentality more was like, I want to make sure I'm outworking everyone else. And I understood that like, if you're the number one seed or you're the team that people are trying to catch, like they're working as hard as they can to make gains on you. If you don't work as hard as them or harder than them, they're going to catch you. Right. So like I would see somebody out on a Saturday doing a beach workout, you know? And so then I started doing beach workouts on Saturday Uh and it wasn't just like one player. It was, so it was everyone. Like anytime I saw somebody doing something, I was like, I'm going to do more than them. I'm going to do more than them. So 
I ended up doing a, a lot. lot. And like, <laughs> <You did> a <laughs> lot. <laughs> they, and, but I mean, thankfully my body held up and I really did spend a lot of time recovering and taking care of my body. Yeah. But, um, I didn't feel like I was necessarily the bar. I just felt like I had to stay ahead of the bar that everyone else was setting, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. That makes sense. And then I'd say as far as like it being lonely on top, like, for me, it wasn't like I was very focused on my team and mm-hmm. I have a hard time. I really like everybody on tour and like really enjoy talking to people. But like when I'm competing against you, like I can't chit chat with you and then go on the court and right. want to beat you really badly. Yeah. Um, so I just had to sacrifice that part of, you know, the culture and yeah. just be like, Hey, it's. You know, me and Alex and Angie or Jen and Because you're traveling the world, right? We're traveling the world playing beach volleyball. Like, this should be fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but you can have fun. Like, we had fun as our, with our team, right. but we just had, I just, I have to keep at arm's distance yeah. from my competitors. Oh, and it's so hard in our sport because we're bled together just naturally traveling, USA yeah. volleyball, players tents. Like, other sports don't have that. Like, you have separate locker rooms. You, yeah. you don't even need to be near those people ever. Yeah, and you're pro- yeah. even with trying to keep an arm's distance, I'm probably talking to my competitors, like, yeah. way more than in other sports. Yeah. And, like, yeah. So, yeah. I, in a way, I feel like I missed out on that because I know the younger generation, they're all, like, you know, buddy-buddy together. and right? Yeah. But I also learned from the people ahead of me. You know, like, Misty and Carrie kept to themselves. Right. And, EY and Nicole really kept to yeah. themselves. And mm. that was just how it was, you know? Like, right. if you wanted to win, it was about you guys yeah. and your team, not about making friends with anybody. Yeah. But then again, it's like, does it have to be that way? Yeah. Because, like, for me, I couldn't... I can't really be that way because almost, you know, a bunch of the top players are, like, some of the closest friends I grew up with. Yeah. You know, like, it was weird, actually, when the McKibbins were playing in the Crabs and everyone was just kind of butting heads. I was like, this is, I'm like a friends guy. Like, once guys are my friends, like, I I don't like breaking that bond. I just have a small group. So, like. Do you feel like you could go out there and, like, want to hammer them? Like. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a dance. It's an art for sure. And I think that we've all learned how to do it really well now. Like, we can legitimately scream at each other on the court <laughs> and then hang out that later like yeah. after that i think that's the mark it's of an art friendship though because i think if you're only lightly friends with someone then it's harder to toe the line but i think you trevor and taylor know each other so well that you can go all out yeah yeah and then we like, have an expectation too like i definitely like like i'm not gonna allow even the partner change like this is our career stuff. We all know what comes with this job. Yeah. I'm not going to allow that to like get in between. We know what crossing the line personally is. But like my point being, I've kind of been forced to like try the other side of like where you can be friends with yeah. them. I don't know. It's, it's a tricky thing. And then even you spent too much now, time with me. <laughs> well, like, well, also when I was coming up, I valued, I was so grateful for the Rosies and like Phil was super cool with me. Nick, Jake was not. And I was always <laughs> like, fuck that guy. <laughs> I, not, he wasn't rude or anything. He just didn't open up yeah. and like take, embrace me. Yeah. Casey did. And I just love those guys for doing that. And now I'm in that position to do it for the younger, but like, 
like Miles just beat me in the final. I like, know. Am I supposed to like? And I did after you the sp- match. I like went, you know, trying to go out of my way to like tell him that you know, thanks for coming on the podcast and good job and all that. But then I'm also like, and I think you're a better person for doing that. Like, good karma for sure. Right. But don't you think there's a factor of like intimidation and oh, yeah. that could like go be worked to your advantage? It's always in my head. Oh, it's if in the you, back of my you, mind. If you like there didn't go up to him time. and like say that, you know. Yeah. And, like, it, maybe Jake had the, like, intimidation factor right. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, shit-talking them on the court, like, <laughs> testing them in front of crowds, you know, yeah. emotionally. Um, but, yes, I'm, like, that's the the dance that I'm trying to learn these days that is and it's like, quite interesting. Yeah. So I just went for a surf. It was just a float because there was no waves. <laughs> but I just needed to get in the water, and I, and I walked back up, and Andy and Miles are playing. I'm, like... Like you said, like it pissed me off. I was like, fuck, God damn it. I'm resting. I'm resting and they're out there. These guys are obsessed. Uh, and yeah, that Yeah, you want to keep that edge because mm-hmm. like also when you're playing them, you don't want to be thinking about that time you saw them practicing exactly. when you were taking it off. Yeah. You want to. Be- but then there's like the, I'm also in a different part, part yeah. of my career. I'm like smartly trying to rest and I'm doing yeah. it very intentionally and when I'm doing it and why and. I think just, there's a lot of value to that. I yeah. just wasn't that way. But I, you can definitely train smarter dance. than yeah, harder. Right. And and training harder is not really too much of a problem with me with my trainer. Yeah. I just oh, got to yeah. show up in his gym and, and all doubt goes out the window. <laughs> Isn't it so tough to, especially when you're wired, like you were, if you see someone doing a beach workout on a Saturday, you're like, all right, beach workouts on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But even though you know how valuable rest is and that... I've had to sort of reframe looking at rest as a, a form of work mm-hmm. in a way where you're allowing your body to recover so you can work harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would do my beach workout Saturday morning and then I'd take a day and a half completely off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do hot yoga Sunday night um, because I hate how you feel Monday morning trying to get your like heart rate up and stuff after a day and a half off. But, um, I knew I needed to rest. I rested Wednesday afternoons and Saturday afternoons and Sundays. And <laughs> <laughs> that was enough for me. I think yeah. if like I listened to my body really well and if I, if it started to break down, I would know that I needed more rest and mm-hmm. I'd have to do, I'd have to do that. But I was able to push myself that hard. So like, why not? Yeah. The other thing I've been thinking about lately is like your capacity. You have to push the boundary of it, right? And like go over that. You have to like break the boundary to see if you can push your capacity to be bigger. And to know what your limits are. Your limits, and right, and exactly. yeah, to expand your limits. Right. Yeah. You're not going to expand your limits staying within your limits. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you kind of have to like accept that uncomfortable or like I overdid it. And be like, okay, I overdid it on purpose because I was trying to see where that limit was and then see if I can push that limit a little further. Can I get used to that feeling? Can I yeah, like a- right. acclimate to and that, that level of training? Norm, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I've been dealing with it like a little bit opposite this year. Cause like I was dealing with the jumper's knee and it's just whatever, hurt a lot. Everyone's been through it. But they want me to just load, like, stop doing so much reps. Like, cause we do a lot of rep, high heart rate, like 
like I feel like I'm really getting after and working really hard. And they like made me stop doing so many reps and like more load. And obviously there's ways that we can get it, but it just doesn't feel like I'm working as hard. And my trainer's like, no, you're, you're working as hard. You're fine. Like, yeah, it's all good. But that mentally, like me th- feeling like this isn't as hard as it usually is. Is that bad? Like, am I doing something wrong? That kind of messes with me. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. It is. I mean, I think you just, that's a necessity. Like you'd yeah. be working harder if you could, but like you have to take care of right. your body because yeah, that's yeah, your yeah. money maker. Right. You mentioned that you and Alex kind of had a pretty similar mentality. How would you describe that mentality that you guys shared? Well, I think her mentality is gnarlier than mine, but it's just super competitive. And um, I want to say almost like rageful. <laughs> like <laughs> Intense. Intense. Yes. Like if you start beating us, it makes us mad. Yeah, you right. know, like we are going... Like we're offended and we're going to work even harder. Like you poke the bear a little Mm -hmm. bit and, um, they could, I mean, they're just playing volleyball, but like, it just makes, I, I use, I use a lot of anger when I play. Like Mm -hmm. if I make a mistake, I get angry and I know I can do better. Um, if someone else does something like cocky or whatever, like it makes me really angry and, um, so that, I think that has fueled my intensity mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but also when you're backed into a corner, like refusing to lose, it's, it's hard to describe, but like just digging your heels in and you get so like narrowly focused on what's happening in the present moment. And like, for me, a lot of times that's when I'd find myself in the zone, just like I cannot let this ball hit the ground, you know, right. like I have to find a way to get this up. Yeah. Um, cause I do not want to lose. Um, and then Alex, I don't like, she's the most competitive person I've ever met in my entire life. And same thing. Like she would just get so angry and she'd go up and like hammer the ball 10 foot line, yeah. you know? And it's like, you do not want to play against an angry <laughs> Alex. <laughs> like you want to be nice to her. <laughs> That had to have been, um, I don't know if fun's the word, but fun to play with someone who had that intensity where I think it's it's so good as a partner when you know that you're getting everything from mm-hmm. your partner. You don't have to worry about them at all. And that's, yeah. It sounds like that's not something you had to worry about with Al. No, it was, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, we were just, I think for the most part, on the same page and I always knew that she was giving 110% and she knew the same for me. And, um, we'd have conversations, you know, like if someone wasn't feeling as well, like the other person would step in because we knew what we wanted it to feel like on the court, you know? So we'd trade off being energy leaders and intensity leaders and, and stuff like that. And I think it's a huge part to chemistry and, having a successful partnership is having a similar mentality for sure. It's crazy how deep you can go into like just the inner workings of a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to lead us emotionally. You lead us strategically, but then I'm, I might burn out emotionally. So then that's when you got to take over and then I'll go 
It's you just know, constant I'm, communication. I'm trying to learn all that stuff yeah. now too. And it's like, holy God, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to teach it also, you know, and like, yeah, being loud if or like you're the one stalling if your partner is yeah, like right. tired and like yeah go get go glasses wipe for me right now yeah kind of thing yeah and I think that's something that you learn with experience also yeah and adapt well you actually have played with a lot of partners like you had long term partners but you also like gave yourself time to kind of dabble with a lot of other partners right uh, I played what, with people when. My normal partner was hurt. Right. Couple but I feel like there was a few, right? Uh, I played with I feel like you just won with Austin like every. With you Whitney picked up Pavlik, a few people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pavlik, I'm going to go win there. I'm going to go make <laughs> World Champs finals with Fendrick. Who else? Fatma, we won MBO. Fatma, go get Did on you the play pier. With, uh, Kelly Reeves? Oh, yeah. Um, after Rio, played Chicago with Kelly Reeves. We lost a really tight set and we got fifth, but. We were split blocking both like defenders yeah, at that yeah. point. Um, but that kind fun. of like is amazing practice for like adaptation, I feel like. Because then you really, like with Trevor, I'm, I, I think I'm a completely different player now. I don't know about completely different, like, but I had to be different with Trevor because of his energy. Like it's so much different than anybody else's. And like you, wanna, you want Trevor in his pissed off yeah. state, like on your side, you know. So, like, to manufacture that, whereas, like, now I don't even think about that anymore. And, yeah, I just think that's a... No, I think being adaptable part. is huge. Yeah. Like, being adaptable and not easily offended makes you mm, a right. really good partner. Just, like, doing whatever you need to to help your partner play the best that they can play. And, like, yeah, you. I just feel like this is your partnership mm. and, like... If your partner's taking this, like you got to take yeah. this side, you know, right. like yin and yang kind of deal. Yes. It's tricky. Being adaptable and, and not easily offended, I think, is just a good rule for being a, a successful human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Understanding that people go through things and it's not always personal. And <laughs> yeah. Most of the time it's not personal. I mean, people are so worried about what they got going on. It's very rarely anything personal in the world. Yeah. I did that. I flipped the switch a long time ago, like driving wise. I used to get like road rage. That's what I was thinking. Of. I was, that's what was in my head. <laughs> the, the psychology of road rage. Yeah. And now I'm just like, that guy might be just having a bad day. Like, yeah. let him go. You know, yeah. he honked at me and yeah. zoomed around me, but like, that's okay. Has no, nothing, like, has no again. impact on my life right. if I don't let it. You know, like, yeah. I'm just driving where I'm driving. And so now I don't get mad at all when I'm driving. Yeah. I'm, like, super patient. Do you miss uh, like getting like jacked up for matches at all? Do you miss that emotional high, or are you kind of? I don't. Yeah. I I mean it's awesome when you're doing it, but I don't know. I or don't like the miss zone. It. I was thinking that same thing too. Like, can you ever like when do you after you're done with your career, do you ever go to that place ever again? Like it's kind of a gnarly place where we go to, like when you're in that angry mode, like I'm going to, I don't care what happens. I'm going to, yeah. Like, do you ever go there again? Yeah. In life? Like when is another time that you're like that? (laughs) Parent teacher conference. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, I I mean, I don't think I haven't experienced it since then, you know? And like, I just think I exhausted myself 
emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally throughout my career that like I'm enjoying this break from it. Yeah. Cause it takes a lot to get up for every single match. Yeah. But to know that like you got the thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause you like you said, you had to be okay with not getting the, the thing you have the whole color, all the colors of the rainbow in terms of Olympic side. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's nice to hear that you're like, I'm good. I will say that the more time goes by, the more like content I am or the more meaningful it is, I would say, you know, like immediately afterwards, it's like, I, okay, you just, you won that tournament, you know, like you did what you're supposed to do. You brought home the gold for the United States, but then now looking back on it, it's more about like the progression of my career and how I've been, how I was able to accomplish you know, literally everything I wanted to in my career. And it's just really satisfying to, to end on that or not even end on it, but like maybe end on it Olympic wise. Right. Yeah. It's still crazy to, to think about and like process. I, I always really enjoy seeing when people like kind of, close a chapter on something mm. satisfied and, and content. Right. Cause I feel like it's, it's so hard to do like Jake satisfied. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he's, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I want to hear think, what he thinks about that Tokyo experience. But it was such a clean cut for Jake. <laughs> right. Where he hasn't, it he doesn't went to seem four Olympics. And it was like, the uncontrollable. The Tokyo one's not the defining no. moment of his career, you know, right. like, and even Phil, like Phil kind of closed the chapter on his international stuff. And he's like, you know what? Porsche's, Whatever. Right. <laughs> I'm Nick, playing volleyball. Nick yeah. one day was just like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just content. I, I enjoy seeing when people reach that and they're like, you know what? I'm not, there's no what ifs left on the table right. for me if I leave. And I think it's, you get to that point by exhausting everything you have. Right. And putting everything that you have into your career. And then it just gets tiring and you fight through it and you're like, I can do this longer. I can do this longer. Mm. And then you're just like. Man, I gotta. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you have a whole new emotionally exhausting journey coming up. Right. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel like Goggins is gonna apply to that journey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right book to read uh, <laughs> yeah. around that time. <laughs> I'm so tired, but I can do it. Yeah, exactly. One more mile. <laughs> yeah. Just have Goggins playing and you're screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> One more diaper change. I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Delaney was, uh, she was very excited for you. Aww. Um, she, anytime someone gets pregnant now, Delaney start, just starts crying. She's like, it's just so exciting for me that uh, someone else gets to feel like what I'm feeling. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. So we were happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely way more emotional than I've ever been also. When, like, before I announced publicly, we were telling people individually and, like, the amount of people that started crying, like, oh, when yeah. we told them and then it would, like, make, make me you. cry. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was like a great feeling, but I was like, oh, I can't can't control it. Right. Oh, I had uh, plenty of times with Gabby where she's just sitting there crying, like, oh, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm happy right now. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I guess I won't be sad for you then. Like, <laughs> I'll just be over here. Yeah. Normally, I'm supposed to be like, oh my gosh, what's up? Nothing's wrong. I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Well, see you later. <laughs> I get like. Probably about one of those a day where I'll come home and Delaney will be crying. I'm like, you're right. And she'll just like be holding Austin. She'll just be like, 
we made this. Yeah. Like, we did. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. a good place to be. Yeah, that's an amazing yeah. perspective. She's a happy mom. What about um, the fact that you and Alex are going through that at the oh, same time? That's kind of special. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know. It is. It's <laughs> awesome. Going through a lot of similar things at the same time. Yeah, I know. It's it's strange, kind of how parallel our lives are at the moment. It's also the nature of being a female professional athlete. Yeah. Right. Where, like, Especially I, I had a kid sport. during that time. Yeah. And it's just yeah doable for me. <laughs> I know. When are we going to figure that out? When can men have babies also? <laughs> um, Whenever we're done, I hope. <laughs> ten, <laughs> ten more years, hopefully, we'll figure that one out. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. Yeah. And she's a little bit ahead of me, so she's like giving me advice uh-huh. on the things she's learned already. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's, we're doing our gender reveal on Friday, so she's going to be there for that oh, and stuff. No yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, More blue hearts? I know. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll be happy either way. I mean. But is the, I feel like there was, for me, it was, I like couldn't get my mind off like, of course I want a boy. Like it's <laughs> just, and now in hindsight, and even in that moment, I was stoked. Yeah. And I knew that a girl would be amazing, but I was like. I'm, I need a boy. Just, <laughs> I think it's just me being a guy or something. But is there is there something? Josh, Josh kind of wants you? a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, I really, I think I just don't want to expect one thing and then have it be another. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to remain neutral and. Yeah. Either way, like yeah, I'm probably gonna parent losing. them the same way, you yeah, know. And probably. They both can play sports or they both can be artists, you know, it's. Yeah. You parent it to what the kid actually turns into. Like, I'm not trying to like raise my girl, my girl girly or necessarily a boy that, you know, be more tough consciously. But like, and I thought I'd be like with her more like aggressive and just like, I don't care. Tomboy. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. But she's just like not into it. Like if I flip her over or something, she's like, "Why'd you do that?" I'm like, All right. Well, I'm not gonna force this. But if it was a boy and he's like, "Yeah," then I'd be like beating him up, you know. So I think you just you like, just based you on get what the you personality. Get. Yeah, of like she's kid, freaking yeah. dressed like a like a ballerina this morning by herself. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I guess I got a ballerina. <laughs> I also think that's why I don't know, like names names. Don't have to be important, but I also do feel like you grow into like your name a little bit, That's right? True. Yeah, which is, I mean, you don't really have the luxury of letting them grow into it. No, but yeah. we did have, we didn't commit to the name. I think we had one or two, and then we were like, we're gonna see her, and I don't think that made any difference. <laughs> but it felt right yeah. to have options yeah. and then be like, yeah, you're a, you're a this. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. We had we had backups, but we it never crossed our mind. Right. So we just we just went with it. But it's, it was funny talking to Avery about naming because his daughter was born maybe two months ago, his mm-hmm. youngest, and he was talking about how it's tough naming a girl. He's like, you want it to be pretty, but you want you want it to be taken serious. Yeah. We had a doctor named Trixie, and I was like, I just couldn't <laughs> take her serious. <laughs> She's like, Jane is a good, strong, serious name, but pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because yeah. Avery was so serious about it. Oh my gosh, I can picture it. It's so <laughs> yeah. funny. It's a good point. 
Yeah. Some names carry a lot of, well, it's all, it's all based on the people that other right. people have met, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Abe, we're stoked for you. Thank you. Thanks for coming back on the pod. Always yeah. good catching up with you. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I always like being on the pod. I, I feel like I learn more about myself every time I'm on. I'm yeah. on. yeah. You're welcome. Anytime you want to come co-host as well. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. I oh, yeah. Probably Practice have time your for hosting that now. skills. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You can kick me off. <laughs> I'll let you go train. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll get more downloads. <laughs> <laughs> when he's traveling, Savvy's traveling. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Sweet. So we'll develop the team chemistry. Yeah. Get <laughs> that yin and yang going. That's exactly. It. I'm less of a killer than Alex, though. <laughs> okay. I'll carry that. I'll carry that on the pod. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> Perfect. Shoots. Shoots.